Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2013. Log on to Denver Comic Con right now, purchase your tickets. This next weekend, you can get tickets for Stan Lee. Buy them fast because it is your only chance to guarantee to get tickets to meet Stan Lee. It's like a month away. Do you guys realize that? Yeah, it's awesome. Like, it's really close. And you know what? I'm going to find Stan Lee. And while whilst James is hugging him, he's going to say, you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast, Excelsior. Yeah. Goal. Reaching nervous. it. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we have guests with us. We do. And these guests made a film called The Aviation Cocktail. So why don't you all introduce yourselves to our loyal listeners of two. I'm uh, David Higgins. I'm the writer-director. And I am Bobby DeLine, and I produced the film. And I am Billy DeLine, and I had a cameo in the film. Very cool. So, you know what, guys? Let's start at the beginning. What got you guys into making movies? Did, is Aviation Cocktail your first movie, or what did you do first? What made you love movies? Well, I, like you, have uh, ridiculously stupid tattoos. Do uh, you? <laughs> stupid? Excuse me, sir. Well, I mean, amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Well played. Mine are um, Star Wars themed. and that's Awesome. Of... You know what? My tattoos will always be amazing. They'll never be superior. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have way dumber ones than the ones you see. We're only one beer deep right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, this is radio and we cannot see what's happening. So no, yeah. Let's get yeah. back so, on con. On let's talk about more things that are happening yeah. around us. There's a clock, um, but but it is it's internet radio, so you can say fuck. Ah, oh, fuck. Is, yeah. yeah, I'm a yeah. child of the '80s. We grew up on Star Wars and in Indiana Jones and stuff like that. Probably yeah, yeah. similar to you guys. And so, absolutely. Um, I I just at one point realized that this was the only thing I, I could do, or was willing to do for <laughs> a, a career, and so uh, we met each other online. This is true. Oh, wow. Like yeah. on like on filmmakers spot like some kind of on Zisk dot com yeah uh, <laughs> one of those dating services which one yeah. was it Colorado Production Resource Guide is the best place to hook up men men seeking men <laughs> who like film <laughs> he was looking for a job actually and we were uh, at the time was producing a western and then we said well let's work together and um, the western didn't happen but Aww. it's up next because it was a bigger budget so we did this instead right and that's how it all the magic started. The end. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, from a young age, I would, it was either write a paper or do a video project. And uh, I always would choose to do the video project as kind of the easy way out. But it just it was fun to be creative. And I kind of found out that I was decent at it. And so when I went to college again, it was like, OK, should I go to real school or film school? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ended up doing that. And then, like he said, we met online and uh I think Billy kind of came along for the ride. Yeah, I'm the younger brother, so I'm the guy that that's gets why stuck you have in the all the last name exactly. Uh. <laughs> so I get stuck in all the terrible situations, and so I end up tagging along through everything and through all the drunken kicks in the nuts and crazy shit that happened. I figured like, <laughs> so are you the well, Ted Raimi of, of the group? Then he likes cameras. I like cameras. Yeah, yeah. cameras. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, how did uh, how did the aviation cocktail come about? Um, you're the writer and director. Where did the idea come from? And tell us about the movie. It's sort of uh, loosely based on stories I'd heard about my grandfather. He uh, was in World War II, and when he came back to a small town in Nebraska, he had to deal with rural life, and that's how I imagine he dealt with it. So, the story is sort of about uh, these war veterans that are dealing with PTSD before it was labeled as such. It was, you know, shell shock back then, and so um, that and you. Sp- 
I spice it up with a little uh, Badlands um, serial killer action comes through town, and then <clears throat> the title uh, sort of came from the, a martini. Uh, you know, how do you make a martini? You throw in a bunch of stuff, you shake it up, you pour it out. So, you know, these people are, their lives are turned upside down and then shaken up. And then when it's poured out, no one's left unscathed. And that's uh, kind of, kind of it in a nutshell. Oh my God. I love your title now. <laughs> before oh. you hated it though. No, no, before I didn't, I I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. And now, oh man, that's good. Do you like lavender martinis? No, no. no. <laughs> what do you say? No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a writer. So anytime that you explain a metaphor that I didn't understand before, I'm like, that's impressive. I like that. Thanks. Yeah. I just made it up. That's okay. Wait, you made up the the aviation cocktail or the lavender martini? Oh, because the, the lavender is an, a, an ingredient in an actual aviation cocktail. It is a real drink. It was oh, popular in oh. the 30s, like in the uh, what do you call it? The the, 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 the past, the past, the swing it, the swing in thirties. Yeah, yeah, the Great Gatsby yeah. era. Yeah. yeah, I gotcha. That's yeah, because I mean, I noticed watching the trailer, it is you know, it is a period piece, so it's an uh, it's, it's an it's an independent film. So was that hard shooting that way? I mean, finding yes. the old cars and. That was uh, the stupidest thing I could have ever done. Was, uh, <laughs> and is this your first feature length? <laughs> yes. Uh, and so you didn't decide, I'm like, I'm just going to shoot a drama with two people in the room. I'm going to make this really hard with um, planes flying and period pieces. and Dogs, kids. I wanted to torture the crew. <laughs> I'm sadist. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be fun if it was easy, though. Then everybody would just quit because it's like, this is, there's nothing to do here. But yeah. we got lucky because this town we shot in Valentine, Nebraska... It's in the Sand Hills, and uh, the town sort of exists as it did in the 1950s. And people came out of the woodwork bringing us cars and props and costumes. And so the town is really instrumental in getting the film made the way it should should be made. And how did you settle on finding that town? Were you scouting locations, or did you Google it and you say, hey, this is a 1950s town? Town, (laughs) Towns that look like the past. (laughs) Yeah. It it was a little bit of both. We had, like we had mentioned, um, or Dave mentioned earlier, we were working on a Western film, and we have a website, which is docmiddleton.com. That's the name of the next film, Doc Middleton. And uh, these people from Valentine, Nebraska, actually found us through that website because Doc Middleton operated there in the Sand Hills around Valentine. And so Hmm. when we went up there, we were, we were going there to scout locations for Doc, but we decided to pitch them this project as well. um, Cause that was kind of the one we were ready to get going with right then. And so the town kind of came behind us and we pitched it there for the uh, city council and they ended up giving us some uh, small increment of uh, funds from their economic development board and kind of roundaboutly, we ended up creating film incentives for the state of Nebraska. So it was kind of a cool project, and it was just a lot of fun to do. And now that the incentives are in place, uh, Alexander Payne took advantage of him and shot his film there. It's called Nebraska. He was going to shoot in Kansas because there was tax incentives, but now that they're in Nebraska, he shot his film Nebraska in Nebraska, and now it's premiering at the uh, Cannes Film Festival this year. So, uh, and to answer your question, to go back, yes, once we decided to, to go forward on this project, we scouted locations. We drove all over Colorado and Nebraska to find uh, airports. That was the key ingredient because we, sh- we didn't know if, if we were going to shoot Colorado or Nebraska. And once the tax incentives from Nebraska came in, we went to Nebraska, Valentine at the airport, and then this happy accident happened. It turns out my grandfather had a hangar in Valentine. 
Wow. And all these weird, it was meant to be's happen. <laughs> it was really just a Jerry Maguire moment, though. They showed us the money, and <laughs> they that's, did. that's where we went. So yeah. Bobby took a shirt off. <laughs> Quite a few times. And then they really showed you the money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think we rolled over something that I, uh, did I hear you right that you said that you guys were instrumental in, in getting Nebraska to have incentives for film there? Yeah, um, basically, I want, the, I want to hear about that. The way that we went about doing it, which was, uh, and uh, the economic development person there in uh, Valentine, Nebraska, his name is Mike Burge, and he kind of had this idea with us to go ahead and go in front of the city council and pitch the project as something that would really not only boost tourism, but bring in a lot of funds to the city that wouldn't have been going on during their off season. They have a big hunting season as well as a big rafting and uh, right. tubing season. So when they were off season, they were looking for things to bring money into their businesses. And they thought a crew of 30 or 40 people coming in and not only spending money in the community as a production, but also as individuals when they were offset would be something that would really help them to grow. And so what they did was they gave us a small amount of funds to come and offset the cost of like gas, um, food, lodging, things like that. And that's that's the way we decided to go there as opposed to shooting here in Colorado. And then so... We went there, we shot there, we dropped a bunch of money. After we're gone, uh, State Senator Colby Koash saw how it had worked, and he went before the uh, Senate and said, hey, I want to propose these tax incentives. And then Alexander Payne and actor John Beasley uh, testified and said, yeah, this is a good idea for the state. They passed, and now Nebraska has like, I think it's 25% tax tax rebate Wow, uh, for filmmaking in the state. That's fantastic. I mean, that's that's been a big deal here for a long time. Like in Colorado, people like us have been, you know, as, and especially there is a large community of people here in Denver who are trying to make films, and and I think there are a lot of people who are are desperate and wondering like why, how come every time they make a, a Cowboys and Aliens movie, they aren't filming it in Colorado, and it's because we don't have that New same Mexico. place. Yeah. Um. And that's that's huge. Uh, so for one thing, thank you. That's really cool. Uh, and two, do it in Colorado now. Yeah, and unfortunately, <laughs> it's just one of those things that, again, they, I think they just had a bill go before the Senate, and two, like a couple of the senators turned it down. And so yeah. they're having problems with increasing the amount of funds that they can use for the tax incentives. So I think it's all about education and really just getting it aside from the people that are directly involved in the film community, but other people that to get on board and see that what a benefit it could be to the state. Um, so it's just, it's great to be on podcasts like you guys so we can get the word out there and yeah. and let people know about it. It's a big deal, you know. No, thank you for coming on. I mean, it's we'll always have filmmakers on it. It's great. I didn't know – I mean, I knew you guys had – it was an independent film, but I didn't know it was kind of like that big of an independent film. I mean, when you oh, have yeah. a crew of – how many people were on your crew? You said 30 or 40? Maybe uh, 20 to 30. Because the last guy we interviewed had a crew of like three. So, I mean, how many days did it take you to shoot your film? We shot in uh, 17 days. And it was pretty lean. We had to give or take a couple because we did some uh, aerial pickups in Colorado. Mm -hmm. We oh, had wow. a snow scene, so we had to yeah, wait and a few for of us had to sober up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you get to the end of the shoot, you know. Yeah. Yeah, martini shots a real martini. So take me through the process then of making the film. Did you guys audition people just in Nebraska, or did you put out a casting call and people showed up and you took them with you, or how did that all work? It's kind of. 
uh, backwards the way we did. We we needed to shoot a trailer at first because we did uh, mm. crowdfunding on Indiegogo. That was going to be my next question. For so a, a, a small percentage, not the entire budget. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it didn't cover. Says, says the guy that put some of his own money in there. It wasn't <laughs> a Veronica Mars all-inclusive deal. We raised like eight grand on Kickstarter and the rest yeah. was private investment. But wow. uh, to get it going, we shot a trailer and, and we auditioned like two or 300 people in Denver. And... Uh, there's one guy in LA. And so we shot the trailer with the people that were the best from the auditions. And then it turned out that they, I cast them in the feature too. A year later, we wow. went into production. It took, it took a while to raise the money, you know, fundraising is not easy. Right. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how it went. And yeah, we put out casting calls to, to agencies, Craigslist, you name it, you know, just get it out there. People came in. We did cast a lot in Nebraska as well for day players. Um, I think we had, maybe like eight or nine people that were actually speaking roles, right? And then in terms of the town itself, we had over like 300 people show up just to be extras. Extra standards, yeah. So worked out really well. Wow. I I do want to know uh, a little bit more about So you 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 did some of it crowdsourced. Um, how Was that the first place you went? How did you go about getting yeah, – like, the first... are, are the, the people who independently funded it, were they are they friends of yours? What's – the How first place that? was uh, Indiegogo, and we did okay. that instead of Kickstarter because Indiegogo, you don't have to raise the full amount. You can raise right. a portion. You still get it. They take 9%. If you don't raise the full amount, they take 4% if you do. Yeah. And so uh, we did Indiegogo, showed the trailer on the website to get the buzz, did some parties and mm-hmm. stuff. That got the word of mouth going, and then it was just a matter of contacting private investors who saw the trailer, who gotcha. saw that we had this momentum behind us. And that's how we got the finishing funds. Oh, cool. So yeah. so it was more that like the, the fact that you had done it crowdsourced and, and could show to people like, oh, we raised this amount of money for this just from people who are clearly interested in this. That was that was a, a selling point that you could use to investors and say, like, look, there are people who are willing to put their money into this. You should, too. Right. Because the that's first cool. money is always the, the toughest money. Yeah. Well, right. and the, the crowdsourcing is something that basically provided us with pre-production funding. So something to keep us going during that period but i definitely give an advice to anybody who's trying to do an independent film at all go out and shoot a trailer shoot a shoot something short just like it's so affordable now i think we did our trailer for under five hundred dollars and we had an airplane in it we had an old cop car in it we had you know some amazing shots in it and this was something that was kind of like a almost a business card for raising the rest of the funds where we could take it to investors and say this is what we did for nothing. Imagine giving us just a little bit more. Yeah. And I think if you compare our original trailer to our current film, you'll see that, you know, the cinematography isn't quite exactly the same, but it's it's pretty it's pretty close. So um, definitely, if you're gonna go make an independent film and you're gonna do crowdsourcing, is something that will help you get started. But absolutely, make something first rather than just trying to take to investors a piece of paper that says what your story yeah. is. Yeah. And it's it's tough for guys like us who aren't Veronica Mars, who don't have the built-in fan base, you know? Oh, yeah. So, you know, if you're Veronica Mars, you can raise $2 million on Kickstarter. But if you're not, it's tougher. So you got to show, show what you got. Yeah. So did you guys have rehearsals and everything with the cast members? Or after you cast them, you guys said, well, we're going to be here on this certain day. Here's a script. Learn the lines and get going. Or was it really planned out with, you know, rehearsals and working with the actors i like to have rehearsals so we uh, we had rehearsals and we even videotaped them and um 
And then we changed it. You know, inevitably, uh, it changes a lot from script to scene while you're shooting. So, yeah, we had rehearsals, and I think it helps. So what was the toughest day you guys had making the movie? Um, was it raising the money, or was there certain elements, shooting airplanes? Because to me, watching, seeing some <laughs> of those shots in airplanes and how well they're done, uh, but they're going to hand the There's mic over. There's probably definitely a different story for all three of us, because <laughs> each one of us, not only every day was the worst day of our lives, but one probably was a little bit worse. <laughs> so go ahead, Bill. Um, well, actually, I wasn't even on set the day that everyone said it was like the worst day ever. It was, I don't know, probably 10 or 5, like 5 or 10 degrees outside, and the wind was blowing just 40, 50 miles an hour, and it was like sleeting and snowing and everything. And the hardest and probably most fun day at the same time was actually our aerial day, the one day that we were, uh, it was just the three of us as a skeleton crew. And uh, our director uh, had a little too much fun the night before with our pilot and <laughs> was unable to get out of bed. So it was up to two of us to do the work of three guys. And yeah, so the, that made, the that pilot made it was still able to fly somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that made it a little he bit interesting. But too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was the one that was sitting in the plane with the pilot. So I had to take off and land with the guy, which was <laughs> a little hairy. Was that the worst thing? <laughs> Until yeah. you land. No, he's, a, he's okay. a great pilot. He did a wonderful job on this film. It was a beautiful airplane and everything. Like, we were so blessed to have him on board. And, and I mean, once we finally got the plane working, of course, uh, the day it gets there, we it, it broke down. And so we had to order parts in through Carney and all, kind of, all other places. And it just took forever to get this thing working for us. But it was, you know, Murphy's Law. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. So. But it was, it was, it was, it eventually worked. It, it didn't end up being your shark where it's like, well, you never see the plane, <laughs> <laughs> but it makes the movie better. No, but hilariously, um, when we were shooting aerials, I got really airsick. And then when we landed, Billy was rolling camera and we pulled right up to him on the runway. I opened the door and Billy goes, how did it go? And I just projectile vomited. All <laughs> <over>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He made it the whole plane ride, <laughs> thankfully, and didn't throw up in this guy's airplane. But then right when he landed, like the first moment he had, it was just <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. It was amazing. That's awesome. Good times in airplanes, <laughs> small airplanes. So while you're filming the the movie, was there a part where you realize what you're doing is right? I mean, would you have like an aha moment that it was all coming together, everything worked well, and... Or did you have to wait till you started editing the movie and then you realized what you did was good? It's funny when you're there. I was just so focused on the work and <clears throat> producing, too. You're thinking about two different things. And uh, I just wanted to get it and get it right. And, uh, you know, at at one point it, it might you might have a feeling like it's going well or not, but you never know until you see the footage. And we didn't have the luxury of looking at dailies. I would look at them uh, every night at the computer, but then it was like, you know, do we have time to reshoot? Do we have the budget? We were yeah. so low budget. It was very shoestring. And I think we got incredibly lucky with a hardworking crew, a talented cast. And everyone really pulled together on this. And, you know, I, just, I think we got lucky. I think I think for me it was kind of the same thing. Like it, it didn't really hit me like how good of a job we had done until after we had got kind of our first assembly edit where you, you're looking at the footage and going, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Um, but that's kind of the, the, the thing that, again, you know, just 
the best advice I think anybody could give is you hire a good crew while you're there because, you know, Dave and I were basically just in a blur. We both had all this, all these things to do all day long. And it was like putting out fires, doing different things, but you knew that there was somebody doing their job where you couldn't be there. And that, that's just a testament to our crew. Like the, 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 how good of a footage we got was all, was all them. And then, I think the director did a decent job as well. <laughs> well, directing is easy. You just <laughs> you just look angry and sit in a chair. And you know, casting is 80%. The rest is just shouting. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have a particular style to your directing then? I mean, are you a hands-on director? Do you give actors direction on how they should play a scene or do you kind of let them do it and then tweak their performances or how do you direct? I'm a absurd mix between Stanley Kubrick and John Cassavetes, whereas on one hand, I'm an insane perfectionist, and on the other hand, I'll just let, if someone has an idea and it's good, I'll let them bring it to the table and go with it. So, you know, it's all about finding what works. Is that an inner struggle with yourself, though, where you're such a perfectionist and then someone comes with an idea that maybe you don't like, but you let them go with it to see if maybe they have a better idea. Only if it's me. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the yin and the, the yang. You know, you have, <clears throat> you're, when you're producing, directing, you wear two hats and you have to walk that line of, okay, when do we call it? What's good enough? What do we sacrifice? You know, what do we keep shooting? What do we let go? You got to choose your battles. And, uh, you know, you, you don't have the luxury that Kubrick had. You don't have the <laughs> budgets that, the, that he had. You got to be more Cassavetes when you're working in an independent world and, and just let the camera, you know, be free to catch the actors' movements, let the actors do their thing, but, but also be there. The director's job is to be the, the final quality check. Did you, did you, was there a moment you can think of that where, you felt like that was where that happened, where somebody came to you with an idea um, and, and it ended up being like, a, you know, either changing the scene or being one of your favorite little elements of the movie. Yeah, there's some lines. Uh, one of our actors, uh, Bo Kiger, who's we're old friends, he, he wanted to change it. And I, I was against it. And he said, let me try it. So he tried yeah. it and it worked better. And I said, let's keep it. Cool. It was just a little scene, you know, nothing groundbreaking but it, it adds a layer of yeah. believability and uh, you know that's what actors good actors bring to the role they prepare for it and and you know that's why you hire them yeah i I only ask you know one of my favorite stories about film since we're on this tub subject is when spielberg made uh raiders and that whole the girl writing love you on her eye on her uh on her eyelids was i think his cinematographer's idea and now he says it's his favorite scene in the whole movie and he didn't even come up with it um, it's just, I, I love the stories of how little things like that can tweak and be so impactful to the way that you make a movie or at least the way that you look at your own work. Um, yeah. Same like in the shining, the here's Johnny line was yeah. Jack Nicholson and <laughs> improving. And again with Raiders, the, the scene where the swordsman is going, wah, 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 and <laughs> right. Harrison Ford pulls out the gun and shoots it. Harrison Ford is sick and said, I'm not doing this. Bullshit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's uh-huh. those things. We didn't have like one of those crazy moments, but yeah, but yeah, those are, those are fun. Cool. So how long after you shot the film did you have a film ready and um, where did it premiere at? And was that a great moment? 
okay, uh, we it took us maybe a um, couple three months to edit. I can't remember now. Jeez. <laughs> I think it was uh, we were done by the last shot. I think we had was in the end of December, and we were we had our first our our first. Um, I guess you would call it final cut done by June first because that's when we sent it off to Toronto. Um, Which we didn't so, get into, of course. <laughs> it was about it was about the editing process took I, about six months, a little over. And then we we premiered at the Calgary International Film Festival, and then played at uh, Gotham Screen, New York City, Stars Denver, um, Trail Dance in Oklahoma, and Omaha. How was the experience cool. seeing it with an audience for the first time? Was it rewarding, or was it you know, oh my gosh, they're looking at my stuff, or how are they going to judge it? Uh, how did that go? Yeah, I've I've seen it too many times. <laughs> I don't know. It's, <laughs> when you see it with an audience, yeah, you want to. It's it's nerve wracking. It's exhilarating. It's everything. You they laugh at weird moments. They're they're shocked <laughs> by things that you never would have thought. Um, at this one crucial moment at the end, this one woman in the audience at Stars Denver goes. She puts her hands over her face and is almost like weeping. I just like zeroed in on her, and I was like, "Well, we've done it. <laughs> nice. It got to one person. I don't know. You, Billy." Uh, I mean, it, yeah, I guess you pretty much summed it up, and it's uh, just exciting to see a bunch of people and how, like, the, all the different reactions and what they get and what they don't get and what they leave the theater talking about and what they're, you know, just the emotions coming out of it is just exciting to see and, you know, crazy to watch, you know, your director biting his nails trying to figure out what everybody else is thinking. And you you were acting in it, correct? Uh, no, I was... Uh, Officially, I guess officially, unofficially, officially, I was an associate producer, but I worked in the art department through the oh, whole okay. film, and then uh, my brother and I have uh, baseball cameos. Oh, just cameos. Yes. Billy's been there from the beginning. He was, he's been on crew ever since we could force him to work for free, so. <laughs> um, Again, being a little brother. He's, his, he doesn't have an official, actually, he does paid. have an official title, which is snake training. <laughs> and uh, the joke is, is there's no snakes in the movie, and that's why they were that well well trained. So yeah. <laughs> that's his official title. They were really well trained. <laughs> so, do you guys have any screenings coming up that we can tell people about, or is there a place where we can find your movie and watch it? Or what's the next step for you guys? Yeah, we're doing a theatrical um, screening, which is really exciting, at the Sea Film Center in Denver. April 26th through May 2nd, and if we get a lot of people coming out, they may hold it over, so come on out. Um, we're going to be there the 27th for a Q&A after the 7.15 showing. And see Film Center's at 2510 East Colfax between Twist and Shout and Tattered Cover. Great place. And you can get more information on us at uh, www.theaviationcocktail.com. We're also we do the Facebook and Twitter thing. You can just Google that or just Facebook forward slash the aviation cocktail. Uh, but we also we're kind of uh, excited. We have our own beer for the film. So Whoa. this theater <laughs> does serve booze. And trust me, you want to have a drink or two before you watch this film. Um, <laughs> and not because of quality, but because maybe <laughs> subject matter. Uh, but um, definitely come out. We have the Aviation Cocktail Ale, which is a dark rye IPA. Uh, it's delicious. Wow. And it's, uh, what, 
eight or nine percent alcohol. Yeah, you only need a couple of those. So <laughs> it's about one or two, and you're good for the movie. Um, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun there at the C Film Center. But then we hope to have screenings kind of all throughout Colorado and Nebraska as well. So we'll we'll keep it around. And the best way to find out more info is definitely through our Facebook and website. Awesome. Very cool. Do you have any parting words for independent filmmakers that want to make a film and they're nervous about it? Should they go shoot in Nebraska or uh, what, what's your guys' advice? Nebraska for is ours. Stay out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay Except for Nebraska. Alexander Payne. Like, yeah. He's allowed. <laughs> no, yeah, just uh, go where the story takes you. You know, if you want to make a film, make it. Find a way to do it. If that's your passion. That's right. Don't let anybody cool. hold you back. <laughs> There's, you, you know, with technology now, like, Cameras are getting cheaper and and they look better. And independent film, I think, is going to see a a whole new generation of, of filmmakers that come out that are going to compete with the majors and give them a run for their money, especially with video on demand and everything. I think now's the time. Take out your your small crew, your DSLR, whatever. Go out and make your film. Oh, before we forget, uh, how are things going with the Western? Is there a way where like people who've seen your movie can help support that, or how, you know? How, where are you with that film? Yeah, so uh, docmiddleton.com, you can email us through there. We're in the preliminary uh, stages of, of going out looking for for funds. Cool. So he was a real outlaw in Nebraska, kind of like a Jesse James with a Robin Hood flair, and yeah. uh, we hope to be shooting in a year. Hopefully... And you're trying not to make it easy, so you're going from airplanes to shooting a Western. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're just going to continue going back in time until we make the best caveman movie ever. Yeah. Sweet. Well, <laughs> you know, Ringo Starr might have beat you to it, guys. Um, <laughs> anybody else see Caveman? That shitty movie? Yeah, no, I know. Do you remember when he falls in that huge pile of shit? That's all I remember from that movie. <laughs> so you were trying to show off like that. I, yeah, I know, I, I I know got, everything about that. I movie. know movies so I, well. No one else seen Caveman. I, that was that, that one five scene of our script. Yeah. God damn it. We're gonna have to rewrite that scene. <laughs> well, thanks for stopping by, guys. We appreciate it, and yeah, we will check you out on Facebook, and we will go see your movie at the C Film Center. Thanks for having us on the show, guys. Yeah, oh, no thank problem. You. Thank yeah, you. You're always welcome back when you know starting to get your Western going. For come sure. back. If you want to talk more about Aviation Cocktail because you're promoting it somewhere, come back. We're yeah. always here. The door is always open because yeah. I forget to lock it. So just come on <laughs> in and uh, 